1: Today, I'm hosting David Gibson, and he's the author of The Complete Guide to Sound Healing. He is also the founder director of Globe Sound and Consciousness Institute in San Francisco, and also a founder of Sound Healing Research Foundation. David, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe.
2: Uh, Thanks for having me.
1: It's my pleasure. Let's talk about sound healing. There are four types of sound healing. One is physically, one is mentally, one is emotionally, and one is spiritually. So can you just give us a thumbnail of those four?
2: Yeah. How sound affects us physically is really well defined in in physics. We know precisely how vibration affects matter. And there's very specific mathematical formulas, so... The application of that is how sound can get rid of pain or how sound can work with diseases to either break up the disease or actually create a frequency or flow of music that would be the natural flow of that part of the body when it's healthy. So that's the main aspect as far as physically. I mean, we know... Uh, about ultrasound and how we can use that to explode uh, kidney stones or gallstones. So that would be the breaking up. But you can also, you know, simply use frequencies to resonate the exact natural, healthy frequency of a cell. And when you do that, it triggers its metabolism. So it actually starts humming at its own vibration instead of doing the stress thing, which is more like, ah, almost like fibrillation, right? Where it's kind of like like staticky. So that's one of the most basic things is to get a cell or any part of the body vibrating back to its consistent hum.
1: You're not talking about music per se, you're talking about a single tone.
2: Right, right. It's interesting, you can look at it from different perspectives. When you look at it from a frequency perspective, we are talking about a a specific tone. You could look at it more as a tonal perspective, which is simply a bunch of tones, an actual sound. But what's interesting is really, let me put it this way from a musical perspective, it's about smooth flow. If you don't have smooth flow through your circulatory system, you're going to get a heart attack. If you don't have smooth flow through your nervous system, you're going to get shaky. If you don't have smooth flow through your digestive system, there's all kinds of problems going to happen. So when you resonate music that has a smooth flow, it entrains that body into a smooth flow energetically, or you can get even very specific to different body systems.
1: When you say smooth flow, <laughs> one of my main uh, bugaboos, I guess, uh, about music is I cannot tolerate what I call new age cool out music. So that smooth flow doesn't necessarily mean cooling out.
2: Yeah. I mean, smooth flow is going to be mellow. And if someone's only wanting to get excited or or only wanting to be in their head where they want something cool and interesting and fun, it may not be, be for them. But what a lot of people miss out on and that I do and a lot of other sound healers are doing is making the sounds so cool that you're not bored at all. There's many different components that can make something right on the edge of boring or interesting. When you look at music in the brain, what the brain wants is it, it wants the perfect balance of interesting and calming, depending on what you're actually going for at the time. And so you can have the musical melodies could be more interesting. So there's many different components of the music to, to keep it interesting. But there's also a whole other area of like secret weapons.
1: Oh, goody. I want to know about (laughs) these. I should say
2: secret consciousness-raising weapons. And those are where you use binaural beats, which are simply two frequencies that you put in the left and right ear that create a third rhythm that entrains your brain into a brainwave state. And so now you've got something actually going on in the background that's actually affecting you that can keep you totally intrigued or, or, or just totally make it more effective.
1: And you may not even be conscious of it.
2: Right. Right, exactly. But you
1: think, golly, I really like this music, yeah. but you don't even know yeah. why. Yeah. So it's more complex than what meets the ear.
2: Uh-huh, yeah. When you get down to it, there's so many variables here because it depends on what type of the day, how exciting a person or how calm a person <laughs> you are, you know, or there's, there's so many variables as to what would be right at that time as mm-hmm. to the right balance of calming versus activating.
1: So... We talked about the physical dealing with pain. What about the emotional part of sound healing?
2: Well, you know, some of the most basic things for emotions, if, if someone's got anxiety, I mean, sound and music, there's nothing better. I mean, really nothing better, but it really has to be the right sound. We're not talking about a balance here. We're talking only calming. I mean, you don't want anything activating. I mean, I used to have panic attacks like years ago, and anything activating at all would make it worse. It's all one hundred percent calming. On the other hand, if you're depressed, calming is the worst because then you'll never get out of bed. You know, so you want the activation, right? You know, so it really depends on the issue as to whether you need calming or activating, and like for example, grief. Grief is really – there's kind of two stages. One, I often feel that people need to go calm to be able to actually grieve because a lot of people bypass that emotion. But then after they do the grieving, then there's a point where, okay, let's move on. Let's go to being okay with the cycles of life, but
1: often At, we're asked to move on too quickly. They right. say, "Okay, you know, back to work now." Okay, you've done enough of this, or you know, we're impatient with right. ourselves and with our our friends.
2: I had a friend, and her daughter committed suicide, right? And I told her, "You know, grief has no timeline, but guilt, you set the timeline yourself."
1: Ah. Well said, because Mm -hmm. that's a fine line. You might think you're grieving, but actually you're really feeling guilt. Mm -hmm. And that's a very different one than grief.
2: Right, really. And it's interesting. A lot of people say, you know, you need to feel your emotions. You don't need to feel fear. You don't need to feel anxiety. I think you do need to feel grief. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think you need to feel guilt. I mean, the truth is you don't need to feel anything very long. The trick is to get back to those three main areas of peace. One is being in your body, which the ultimate, I feel, is when you go to your soul, which I believe is the most peaceful frequency in you there is. The second is going to that point of awareness, that witness, That witness feels no emotions. It's just watching. And it is completely still. And the third is going into a place of love. Where we teach this, we talk about going into universal love. And some people are like, what are you talking about? You know, but if you simply sing love or make a sound of love to your own heart, hmm. That's who we are, a lot of people say. We are, our essence is love. And if you can go back to that, that place, that's peaceful as well. Any one of those areas, as opposed to being in the emotion, you are in one of those peaceful places watching the emotion.
1: So you would suggest that we sing or tone to ourselves?
2: Yes, yes, a consistent tone. The most simple is Aum. Uh-huh. I mean, or any vowel. Actually, I do ooh more than ohm. I uh-huh. do o And what's so cool, it's really great. If you're in a really stressful situation or even a stressful relationship, the ohm or the ooh can really calm you out. But it's a little problematic to do it out loud in front of somebody you're having an <laughs> argument with. <laughs> so, you can, so you can do it silently. And I've done it many uh-huh. times where I'm yeah. like, oh, gosh, you know, and then I just go, okay. Do it silently. Silently. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another place is the Bay Area Rapid Transit here in the Bay Area. It's like, oh my God, it's like, <laughs> it's really noisy. Yeah. And you know, when I'm on there, I'm whole time, I'm like, <laughs> and I'm just completely still. It's so basic. A consistent tone is the definition of peace. You can be silent and have no peace at all. It can be uncomfortable. It's really about a consistent tone that is stable, very stable, because it's the chaos. And You can feel it in your body when you're stressed out or when you have something in your digestive system. It's like a... Right. It's getting it back to that homeostasis of the vowels. Right. Or any instrument that has a consistent sound. That's why we like to use crystal bowls or Tibetan bowls because they have very stable sounds. But, you know, any rhythm that's stable will do it. So you can have a stable rhythm on a drum or any instrument. So any instrument can, can do it. It's all about – it's funny. This is really interesting. A lot of people say it's all about going to a higher vibration, right? Right. It's not about higher vibration. It's about stability. Otherwise, we'd all be talking like chipmunks. (laughs) Right? Right. I mean, physically, you want every cell to vibrate at the frequency it's vibrating at, not higher or lower. Emotionally, anxiety is a very high vibration. Right? Compassion. When I ask people to make the sound of compassion, it's a very low tone. Right. So uh, it's not about high or low, it's more about stability. And you see it in a spiritual leader. A spiritual leader is totally stable and still versus someone that's drunk a whole lot of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) You
1: (laughs) You know, one of the things that that I carry around in my purse is you were talking about a steady beat, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, is one of those little plastic Eggs that have some sort of sa- sand, I don't know sand, sand inside, uh-huh. Uh-huh. it makes the nicest sound. You just hold it in the palm of your hand and oh you my just God.
2: you're <laughs> <aren't> gonna believe <laughs> this. Okay, so technically that sound is white noise. In physics, white noise is actually no frequency at all. It's an incomplete frequency, and white noise is found in nature as the ocean. Rivers and streams, waterfalls, wind, even the breath is white noise, right? And white noise has been proven to break up stuck frequencies that are repeating in your head. When you have PTSD and you put on an EEG, you can see a theta frequency repeating over and over. And that non-frequency of the noise breaks it up. That's why people like to listen to white noise to go to sleep,
1: Yes. Because
2: it breaks up the thoughts repeating over and over. And even Native Americans are known for using shakers and rattles to break up stuck energy. Right. So now you can see it, it's like you're just listening to the ocean.
1: That's great. I love it. I love it. Oh, my goodness. So can we just end with your saying something about the spiritual component of sound healing?
2: You know, the most basic thing is to resonate higher emotions with sound at the same time. So just do any sound of gratitude. Thank you for allowing me to be on this show. You can do love. Wee-oo. or joy.
1: Wee-oo. Oh David, it's just been a joy being with you today Thank you so much for being part of the New Dimensions Cafe today Thank you I've been speaking with David Gibson He's the author of The Complete Guide to Sound Healing He's also the founder and director of the Globe Sound and Consciousness Institute in San Francisco And he also is a founder of... The Sound Healing Research Foundation, which is designed to help bring sound healing into the mainstream. And if you want to know more about his work, you can go to his website, soundhealingcenter.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Thoms. Thank you for listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. And please do join us again.